We took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. is as always it's newer and i am riding solo today i spent the last few days catching up on all kinds of housewives i did not yeah catch up on ultimate girls trip because i didn't realize how far behind i was on miami i guess so there's like three episodes of miami and then two episodes of beverly hills and um you know i still gotta i gotta raise my kids (laughs) do my job. Um, So I am going to talk today about Miami um, and I'm going to talk about Beverly Hills. So let's jump right into Miami. Miami is, as always, so good. And the thing about Real Houses of Miami that I think is so spectacular is that when we talk about like what makes a great delusional housewife, right? Um, I always say like, I love Karen Huger. I love Luann. The women who, like, you know, Lisa Barlow's one of them. She's rising up there. Like, the women who are like Delulu in a way where the biggest <laughs> victim of their delusional um, brain is themselves. And I have to say, in Miami, it's Lisa. Is it Hochstein? Is it Hochstein? I don't know. But Lisa for Miami is up there as. An absolutely delusional person who is also lovable in her delusion. She's so out of touch. She's the biggest victim to herself, actually. Um, And she really thinks that the whole world, you know, kind of like revolves around her. And she's like fully plastic. Like it's just – she is also a rags to riches story in a way where like – She's just on another planet. Like I would think like the spectrum of like delusional and delightful to uh to real to too real and maybe not as fun in Miami would go something like Lisa, Larsa, um Lisa, Larsa, <laughs> Alexia, Adriana, and Marisol are all in the in the middle of like they are chaotic and they are very hurtful to themselves and to other people. And they're angry, like they're too angry. And then you have like the normal girls on Miami who is like Gertie and Nicole and Julia. But like that's kind of like how it's split, you know. Um, But that's what makes Miami so good because there's real life stuff that's going on. Gertie's got cancer. Nicole's trying to have a baby. Like Julia's like, you know, her, her, her wife had cancer. Like you have these real life things happening and then you have on top of it and like even, you know, this divorce with Lenny, you have that and then you have layered on top of it stuff like who invited Anna, the former Real Housewife of Miami, Anna, to a Mamacita event where where Nicole gave everybody denim jackets 
with their names on it. Like the biggest fight there is that stuff. You know what I mean? Like it's just, uh, it's so good. It's so good. Anyway, so I think this is like two episodes ago. Basically, the Mama Sita event was two episodes, right? And that was a surprise to me. I did not realize that's how far behind I was. But both episodes were so good because of the twists and turns and uh, ups and downs of where we went and how and the storm offs and people coming back and people leaving. It was just so good. So that episode initially, though, the first the first Mama Seed episode started with Jody and Lisa. And this whole relationship is so fucking yikes. The dinner that mimicked exactly what Lenny had done for Lisa his frozen upper lip, it looks like he got too much like – I think he – I have a feeling that this man, he barely has an upper lip, but I have a feeling that he had even less of an upper lip. And then he got a Botox lip flip, and it's too frozen, and now he can't move his upper lip, and he looks cuckoo banunu between the frozen upper lips and the uh, veneers. It's just bad. But Lisa is a mess, Okay. Jody tells her that I want you to check in on me more. So she literally sets reminders for herself to check in on her boyfriend and then tells him, I'm checking up on you because he told me that I should check up on you. So my timer went off and I want to know how you're doing. Lisa is, and she thinks she's so well-intentioned when she's doing it. Like when she's doing it, she's like, yeah, this is what you're supposed to do in a relationship. And that's what I love about Lisa. Um, Lisa's, uh, this little stunt she pulls where she shows up in her housekeeper's car. Like Lisa has a couple of moments between these three episodes where she's just so deeply out of touch. She says stuff like, my kids are going to have to downsize from a 15,000 square foot house to like, God forbid, a 3,000 square foot apartment. A 3,000 square foot apartment? Houses in New Jersey are 3,000 square feet. And that if in a house in New Jersey, a 3,000 square foot house in New Jersey is going to cost you $800,000. That's a big ass house. Okay. What, what do you mean a 3,000 square foot apartment? And then she goes to the bank with her kid and she's like, Logan. <laughs> but first of all, Logan, that's so cute. Logan, I used to be a middle-class person. I used to work at a place called Hooters and Dairy Queen, and I made $7 an hour. And like just the whole thing, like you don't realize that you're working, you're actually filming in a bank where those tellers behind you are likely making about $7 to $10 an hour. Like it's just, she's so deeply out of touch. And then she also rolls in and Lisa in her in her housekeeper's car as if to be like, I'm one of the people. <laughs> I'm not out of touch. I'm with it. Look, I'm not obsessed with money. <laughs> I'm not obsessed with money. Look at me rolling in in a car that all people drive, that all kinds of people drive, okay? Like no kudos to you for doing that, okay? At some point she says something like, you can marry rich and be super successful. That's literally word for word she says. She says, you can marry rich and be super successful and it can all be gone. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. 
that's like saying you can work really hard and be super successful and then it can all be gone. No, you can marry rich and be super successful. So in Lisa's mind, marrying rich is the key to being super successful. I mean, you can't, you can't not like have a love hate for this woman who is like going through hell by being married to an absolute dog shit monster misogynist human being while also being also herself like deeply, deeply out of touch and not on earth. And you know what? <laughs> Lisa's a good one. She's a good one. Um, so this Mamacita event has this convenient ghost of Anna Kinkosis. Is that how you say her last name? I don't know. And, you know, I think all of it really is centered around the fact that Adriana is a shit stirrer. It was Adriana who wants to bring uh, somebody to the party. And all here's where it all stemmed from. It all stemmed from the softball, the basketball game, where they made fun of Adriana because she was joking around and being gassy. And then they had already told her, like, oh, we're going to be friends with you now. But then they made fun of her for being a fart machine, um, which to me is hilarious. Anyway, they made fun of her. She got pissed. That was the same event where she started talking about her relationship with Todd. Todd shows up conveniently on um, and it's conveniently Alexia's birthday and he gives her like a $300,000 watch or something. And I think from that point forward, Adriana was like, I'm going to prove to the world that you're poor. And that's all this is. Adriana is bringing Anna on the show to ruffle Alexia's feathers because Alexia and Marisol made fun of her for saying that she, she has flatulence because of what she ate for breakfast that day. Oh, God. Now, Anna's, the whole thing with Anna is that the biggest person who has a beef with Anna is they keep saying it's Marisol, but they keep flashing back to the reunion where Andy asks a very normal question. Hey, is anyone smoking to Anna? And then uh, Nicole says, yeah, she actually reached out to me last week. And Alexia, without even anybody saying anything to her, she goes, okay, I'm not scared of her. <laughs> whoa, 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 Alexia. Alexia, what? And like she's so stupid <laughs> that she keeps being like, no, I'm not mad. I don't care about Anna. But you know what? My I'm actually I'm looking up for Marisol. Mm. <laughs> Are you? Because the very first thing you said when you heard that Nicole had been contacted by Anna is I'm not scared of her. <laughs> okay. <laughs> now at this event, Alexia turns fully into Teresa Judice. Okay. And when Alexia turns into Teresa Judai's full-fledged is when Alexia is the most belligerent and the most like unreachable. You you can't you can't break through to her. Now I have to say the big highlight that I saw over the last three episodes is that Julia is actually kind of a shit friend. Okay. Julia has a and like in the past, they've criticized Julia for like yesing to every single thing Adriana says. They always say like it's hard to be friends with Adriana uh, to, with Julia because she's so loyal to Adriana, and we saw it. We saw it over these next three episodes. Now, do I think that Nicole was aware that there was some beef between Marisol and Alexia? I'm sure. I'm sure that. Anna definitely seems like the kind of person that would be like, oh, God, I hated the way Alexia and Marisol bullied you that first season. Like, they were so awful to you and, like, you didn't deserve that. But, you know, that's how they are. I'm sure that she said stuff like that. So when Nicole hears from Adriana that Adriana wants to bring Anna, I'm sure what Lisa's – I'm sure what Nicole is thinking is, okay, well, 
Alexia and Marisol already hate Adriana. Adriana's going to bring Anna, and then it's going to be a fight between the four of them. It has nothing to do with me. But, Nicole, you sweet summer child, that is not how it went because you're dealing with absolute imbeciles, okay? I believe that Julia should have stood up for Nicole immediately. I mean, the end of that first episode, it's so funny because they storm off. It's cuckoo banunu. You know, and then the next episode starts with Julia chasing the Cuban girls to their car. That whole scene, the next episode, this part two of the Mama Cena event is so funny because it starts with Julia chasing the Cuban girls to their car. Nicole is upset inside. Lisa showing up in her housekeeper's car, probably really annoyed that actually her like cute little stunt got overshadowed. Gertie and her gorgeous sister-in-law showing up. It is absolute chaos. And the funniest thing about all this is that Marisol is obsessed with this idea that Nicole has been plotting to bring her down, which explains a lot of like how Marisol and why Marisol and Alexia are such deeply unhappy people. Actually explains why a lot of housewives are unhappy people is because when you have been awful to people in your life, then you will be paranoid and untrusting of all other human beings because you think that they're going to do the same to you, babe. But Marisol's obsession with thinking that Nicole is plotting to bring her down is so funny to me because it's like, you're a friend of, Marisol. You are a friend of. Let's not forget, okay? I don't think that Nicole really gives a shit about bringing you down. But do I th- do I think that Nicole was thinking that Adriana and Anna are going to go after Marisol and Alexia and she was going to sit back and watch and enjoy it? Absolutely. I think that Nicole did know that. She just didn't think that she was going to be the one that would be attacked about it. Now, the whole thing is so funny. I think we took it all. We brought them to our land. An endless night. Ember hot and icy cold. The rage of the earth. We made this curse. Carved it in the blood on our backs. We did not see. We could not, but she did. And in the end... What will I become? Senwa Saga. Hellblade 2. Play it now with Game Pass. It's so funny because ultimately this is a friend of fight. This is a fight between Marisol and Adriana. Okay. It has nothing to do with Alexia, or so she says. It has nothing to do with Nicole. But this is a friend of fight. That's all this is. Now, everybody finally goes upstairs. Marisol and Alexia leave. And now Lisa comes in with a vengeance at this lunch. She comes at Gertie about the car and the finances. And Julia's comments about her kid's bedtime. I mean, that whole thing is a disaster. But Julia will not apologize. She doesn't want to apologize to Lisa because she was coming at it from a place of concern. Now, here's the thing. You can come at things at a person from a place of concern and still insult their parenting. But let's be honest, Julia. The reason why you're insulting her parenting is because part of your concern is that she's a bad parent. That's really what it is. But Lisa then insults Julia. She says something about her baby daddies. It's a whole mess. And then Lisa storms off. At this point now, Alexia's left, Marisol's left, Lisa's left. I think at some point Kiki also left. I wasn't sure when. Oh, no, Kiki leaves later. But there, this was a moment in time when I was watching the show and I was wondering, like, where are Adriana and Anna? Like, did they show up? Because this has gone down for like at least a few hours. So like 
what's going on here? But anyway, Anna comes in. She says a bunch of super nice things to Lisa. She's coming in to just like suck everybody's dick and be as nice as possible. But Lisa's like, okay, thanks for the compliment. Oh, at this point, then Lisa has stormed back in. <laughs> Lisa's stormed back in. They write her a, a poem. <laughs> they give her some niceties. They're like, you're a good mom. Roses are red. Violets are blue. Um, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Logan is not poor, but yes, you are too. Like, I don't know. I I can't come up with anything anyway. But Lisa's, you know, taken off the edge. Um, But Anna shows up and Anna's being really nice to Lisa. And so Lisa tells Anna, hey, listen, um, uh, Marisol and Alexia left because of you. And what's interesting here is where Adriana is so frustrating. Like, I think Adriana has this desire to be a villain, but she also has a deep desire to be like, like at the end of the day, all Adriana wants is to be liked by Marisol and Alexia and she's not. And until they are her friends, she will always be miserable. Do you think she really gives a shit about Julia? No. I think all she cares about is Alexia and Marisol's friendship. In fact, Alexia knows this and that's why she's so nice to Julia is because I think it's hilarious for her to watch Adriana squirm as Julia gets the friendship that Adriana really wants from Alexia. But Adriana is super defensive about bringing Anna. And here's the thing. If you're going to be a shit stirrer, then you should accept being yelled at. Okay. You should accept that you have, you have to take accountability for being a shit stirrer. You have to come in and say, yeah, I was here to start shit. But then to come in and be like, I didn't mean anything. Why Why did they leave? What are they hiding? Blah, 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 blah. Some, suddenly there's like a squab- squabble between Adriana and Kiki and Kiki leaves, but then Kiki also comes back later. But anyway, all this is going on. Lisa calls Alexia and Marisol and says, you should come back. Larsa and I will defend you uh, against Anna and all this stuff. They come back and immediately Alexia starts attacking Nicole mostly because she's an absolute idiot. She says stuff about her mom. Like, she's just the biggest asshole. And one other thing she said, both her and Marisol were like, yeah, we left. We went and had a bunch of drinks. And then we came back. We drove back. I'm sorry. And like, we don't even focus on that. Like, we don't even focus on the fact that Alexia and Marisol got smashed somewhere and then decided to drive back to the party. It's also, I'm assuming, 2 o'clock in the afternoon. It's amazing. But Marisol and uh, Alexia come back. They don't even give the heat to Anna. They barely even talk to her. Um, Did Marisol come back or did Alexia just come back? I'm not sure. But the whole thing is a disaster. And Gertie is just like too overwhelmed. And she says she's got to leave because she actually has her lumpectomy the next day. So she just, she leaves and it's a, it's a big thing. And everybody like Gertie's like, I got to prioritize my mental wellness. Like we got to go. And everybody's like, yeah, I got this other thing, this other thing. And Lars, Lars is being like, I miss my boyfriend. I miss my boy. <laughs> Everyone's like, I have to go. And Gertie's like, I have to go and do this important thing, like center myself because I have this major cancer surgery tomorrow. And Lars is like, yeah, me too. I miss my boyfriend. So I have to go and do that. Like as if it's the same thing. Uh, that event is over, but we go to Gertie's surgery, and I just have to say, like, Gertie's scenes with her kids, with her husband, the whole thing, like, really messes me up because 
so much of her life reminds me of my own. Like the way Russell is, like he's so low key, he's so chill. He kind of lets her have the spotlight and he doesn't just let her, he like holds the spotlight for her. And she's got these two boys and like, she's like a, I don't want to be corny, like she's a boy mom, but she is. And how she is with her kids just reminds me a lot of like my relationship with my kids and my husband. And it's it's that whole thing. Oh, it just got me right in the feels. Um, Outside of that, I think the episode we had Julia um, and Adriana sit and talk to each other. And I think we also were intercutting with Alexia and Marisol talking to each other. And I think maybe also Nicole and her husband talking to each other. But you basically have these people all recapping the Mamacita lunch. And I think that what's interesting about the Julia and Adriana situation is Julia is trying to talk sense to her friend and say, listen, like this wasn't fair. But what like Adriana, like she does exactly what she accuses Alexia and Marisol of doing when they're confronted, which is that she leaves. Julia is trying to talk sense to her, but she doesn't want to listen to it. She leaves and she's obsessed with this idea of like, what are they hiding while well, she runs away? And I'm like, well, then what are you hiding? Meanwhile, Alexia with Mar- Alexia Marisol, their obsession with Nicole comes down to this. They believe that somebody like Nicole would not have joined Real Houses of Miami unless she was a fan. Now, granted, Nicole is my age, so it's very much possible that 10, 15 years ago when Real Housewives started, Nicole was a Housewives fan, and she thought about becoming, like, she knows about Alexia, and she knows about Marisol, and she must have been around when she, like, the show was on and all that stuff. I think all that stuff is totally possible. But I think Marisol and Alexia have this obsession with like Nicole being sort of like a baby sister fan person. And they think that Nicole keeps track of everything they do. Like they think that Nicole should know everything about them. So she should know that she and Anna are fighting. She should know what the last, you know, 10 years of beef is. They're like obsessed with it because ultimately they think they're more important than they really are. Right. That's really what it comes down to. Um, oh, there's also another scene in this episode where, like, Gertie comes home from surgery. Guys, I just, like, sobbed. Okay, I sobbed. The two boys, the younger one being so smushy and loving and putting those little, like, things on the side table. That's totally my boys. Oh, oh I love them. I love them. May God protect Gertie's beautiful little family. I love them. I'm obsessed with them. Um, the latest episode this week had Marisol's party. Now, I have to say this. You are a friend of, you do not get to dictate who comes and doesn't come. I I felt the same thing when Adriana was being like, I don't want Marisol to come to my house for this fuck cancer party. I'm sorry. You don't get to decide that you're a friend of. I do also wonder though, I wonder if every season they don't know who is going to be a friend of and who's going to be full time until the show is over. Like, I don't know. Is that a thing? I'm just making that up. Like, I'm assuming that this is a thing, but I don't actually know. But anyway... This episode had like a lot of Marisol stuff and it started with Marisol really laying it on thick with like her husband and her stepkids. And I feel like she was like really digging into that because of Anna being on the show the episode prior. And she knows like they're probably going to real like real like play the stuff from the podcast where Anna was on saying stuff about Marisol's husband's sexuality, which is super fucked up. But she's like really laying it on thick about like her husband and her stepkids and all this stuff. So I'm trying to wonder like, was Marisol thinking that she was going to get what do they have in Miami? They don't have oranges. What do the girls in Miami hold? They don't hold anything. I think they're just, 
like palm fronds. I don't know. <laughs> I think she thought she was going to be like a, a full timer, but she didn't get that, which is also funny. She does some sort of spirit hunting situation. There's a guy who comes and is like, hey, your house is toxic. And she's like, why? And he's like, because of you. Um, anyway, Nicole and Gertie, uh, Nicole and Julia visit Gertie. And that's where they find out that Marisol is having an event and she has invited Adriana, but she has not invited Nicole and Nicole gets super emotional. And she says, I'm not doing any more group events until somebody calls and apologizes to me. I don't think that that's fair of Nicole to demand as a housewife, like as like an employee. I do think it's fair for Nicole to demand that in real life. Like to say, I don't want to be in situations with this person because they've been so awful to me. I didn't do anything wrong. And the person they should be mad at is Adriana. And she tells Julia, like, you got to make this right. Um, There was a scene with Larsa and Marcus right after Lisa and Logan went to the bank. That was so funny to me because Larsa and Marcus have this scene with like Larsa's daughter, Sophia. And it starts with... <laughs> It starts Larsa being like, Lisa took Logan to the bank to like talk to him about like money. And so like Sophia wanted to talk to you about like money. And it's almost like, <laughs> like Larsa and Lisa are both idiots who are like, yeah, we should have scenes like that where like we talk about parenting our kids. Like we should do that. And she'd be like, yeah, that's a good one. Like, let's do it. Let's let's talk about it. Now, here's the thing about this scene with Larsa and Marcus. I don't give a shit. I also found it to be so boring because the thing is, it's so inauthentic. Like, none of it is real. It's so inauthentic. It's so bizarre. I just, I hate it. I hate it so much. Um, Alexia went apartment hunting this episode. And again, as much of a monster as Alexia is, much like the way I feel about Teresa and her children, Alexia, when she is with doing anything and prioritizing Frankie's safety. Oh, that's when she wins me over. That's how I feel about Teresa and her daughter, her daughters. Okay. It's like, anytime I see them together, I'm like, oh, these are great moms. <laughs> forget that they're monsters. I don't forget. I always remember that they're monsters. Marisol has her little party and um, it's annoying because Alexia and Marisol are still dummies. Like they're just like freaking freaking frack dumb and dumber in like the worst ways. Adriana, Julia finally gets Adriana to confess that she was the one that brought Anna to the party. She doesn't fully say it. She's always like, she's like, oh, I brought Anna, but with Nicole's blessing. It's like Alexia and Marisol are just too dumb. They're too dumb to get it. Okay. They're too dumb to not be angry. Like there's a type of person who, despite knowing how wrong they are, will never admit that they're wrong because they're narcissists. And that is exactly who Alexia and Marisol are, period. You know? But the party, like, it's going on and they have that conversation. Then Lisa shows up and then Lisa and Alexia start fighting. And to be honest, I don't know about what. I truly don't know about what. I could not tell you what they were fighting about. But Gertie cannot handle it because Gertie has just had her lumpectomy. She's recovering, but she does get a call from her surgeon or her oncologist that she's going to need a second surgery and they're going to have to go in and cut out more of her breast tissue. And she's really, really upset. And she's like, I can't deal with this anymore. I do think to some degree, like I, I wonder if Gertie, I think Gertie thought about the season that the show rebooted, right? There's all this like tension and when, but when Alexia's mom passed, the way they all came together for each other, I think Gertie was hoping that her 
terrible situation would bring the group together. But Gertie, mama, sweetheart, baby, you're on a show with monsters. Like, I think that in the real world, yes. But like, not not with these Looney Tunes. <laughs> not with these guys. What are you, crazy? Like, Lisa still doesn't get it. Lisa's like, oh, I mean, like, what? Like, she's she might as well be Larsa, who was like, it's not my fault you have cancer, or whatever it is that Larsa said. But, but Gertie basically tells them to knock it off and like, stop fighting about dumb shit because there is more important stuff in the world. And kudos, kudos to you, Gertie, for trying to be nice. But these people are not capable of it. They're not capable of understanding anything. Anyway, let's go over to Beverly Hills. Um, so Beverly Hills this week, it was just like they went to Ojai for Anna Marie's. Now, is it Anna Marie or is it Anne Marie? Because it's spelled Anne Marie, but they keep saying Anna Marie. And at the end of the day, I'm going to call you what you want to be called. But what's your damn name? And should I care? Because you suck. Anyway, they go to Anne, they go to Ojai for Anna Marie's birthday. It's like fun and games and innuendos, you know, but they talk about a thing there, which is, you know, people DMing, people uh, crawling into their spouse's DMs and their, their husbands liking and commenting on people's Instagrams. And it's interesting because like Kyle really starts to open up about it. I saw a clip going around from the after show where Kyle said that she was really pissed that first episode where she's like really giving it to Mauricio. It was because there had been a recent fight about stuff like that. And now if you think about the fact that like Mauricio has been like, I don't know, like half naked at parties with like Instagram influencers, like TikTokers who are like 22 years old. I just like, I think almost, I almost think, like, I almost think that like Mauricio was like, oh yeah, you don't, you're going to complain about me on TV about being somebody who likes and shares and likes and comments and DMs with girls. Watch me. Like, and I feel like that's what happened. Like, they're such a disaster, those two. But I appreciate Kyle finally opening up about it. I think what irritates me is that all the years that Kyle was like going on and on about being Miss Open and Honest, she was hiding all this stuff. And that's what's frustrating. But anyway, um, there's this one scene where like they're doing games and Sutton licks somebody's toe. She licks Kyle's toe. That's fucking nasty. Okay. And then after that, she feels grossed out about licking Dorit's tongue. I'm pretty sure it's more disgusting to lick Kyle's toe than Dorit's tongue. However, Dorit is married to PK, so I understand your hesitation. Ah. <laughs> uh. Speaking of PK, PK and Dorit have a scene. They talk about PTSD and listen, listen, ladies, gents, can I just be real for you for, with you for a second? Women want to be left alone, except for when it comes to their spouses. They want to see their man be as emotional as them. Like, I don't know a single woman who's like, who's like, who just like doesn't. <laughs> melt when their husband shows like emotional concern for them in like a soft little boy way. I'm sorry. I love it. I do. Everybody wants to be an independent woman except for when it comes to their husband showing a little bit of emotion. Then they're like, oh my God, you love me? You care about me? To tears? Yes, that's all I want. 
That's all Dorit wants. That's all she wants from Bubba. Okay. Um, Kyle has this beautiful event for her friend, and there's a couple of things that are very obvious, right? There's obviously Mauricio's absence, her relationship with Morgan, and just her feelings around her friend passing. Like we've mentioned, I've mentioned this many times on the podcast. I am not a Kyle fan, but I have so much empathy and space for people whose entire lives turn upside down when it comes to things like when mental health and especially suicide and stuff like that comes in. Like I've talked about this on the podcast before. I am a person who who every day works on their suicidal depression. Um, you know, I, I've been in therapy for a really long time. I try to center my mental health a lot. And I actually had a friend recently ask me like, wow, like you're really committed. And I was like, well, that's the thing that people don't understand when you are a person who struggles with suicidal ideation or suicidal depression. For, for people like me and people who struggle with suicidal depression, every day is work. Like state, my brain requires a lot to want to stay alive. And that sounds really, really dark and daunting, but that's just how my brain is made up. It, it's a lot, it takes a lot of effort for me to, to not want to shut this whole thing off. And I think that that realization that you have about a loved one is really difficult. Like, I'll be honest, my husband has a very difficult time He's very supportive of me and he's like happy to be any kind of support that I want. But he is a person that it took a while for him to accept the fact that like that is the baseline of my mental health, that the baseline of my mental health is like pretty dark. <laughs> like I can laugh about it because I'm like because I'm more in control right now. But like as somebody who struggles with it, it's it's a lot of effort. It's every day. I work every day to want to keep myself alive. And that realization is difficult on a person who cares about you so deeply because like especially when it's your spouse um, because they feel like they want to be the reason why you want to be alive. And my husband is absolutely one of like the core reasons why my life is beautiful and why I want to continue to live and build this beautiful life. But I also don't rely on my husband because I don't want to one day lose him and then have all of that, you know, stuff fall apart. So I think with somebody like when Kyle's in your in your friendships with somebody that's really difficult because it's a different kind of um, it's a different kind of like dependency that you have there. And I haven't quite like unpacked how maybe this may have affected Kyle in her current situation with Morgan and her husband. But I think that the big thing is that Kyle has realized that she can't she I, I think one of the things is that Kyle lost her best friend and she likely felt untethered. Because her best friend was probably a big part of her marriage and or a big part of her support and a big part of her happiness. And with her best friend gone, she likely leaned on her husband who was not there for her emotionally in the way that he needed to be. And it's possible that in the past when shit has gone awry and Mauricio has not been there for her, she's leaned on her best friend. And now that her best friend is gone and her best friend isn't able to support her, then she's like feeling 
untethered and like you know unaware of where she needs to go in life and Kyle is a hanger on her Kyle gets obsessive I get it because I'm actually a little bit the same way and it's taken a lot of work for me to learn to just take care of myself and not feel super not not build my desire to live to people because people are things but more so just like taking care of myself and so I feel like Kyle instead didn't have a friend anymore she didn't have her husband anymore so she leaned on this woman Morgan and her music and um she takes she becomes a chameleon and she takes on things that the people that she's interested in are into because she wants them to like her like I I think Kyle wants to be loved and she wants to be liked and she wants to be center of attention and she thinks that the only way to do that is to be like them and I wonder if maybe her friend was one of the few people that wasn't like that or she didn't have that with and or maybe she did. I don't know. Maybe she, maybe the Kyle that we have known all these years is the way that she is because that's who her friend was. And when her friend wasn't there anymore, she didn't know who to be. And so instead, then she started leaning into somebody else. I'm making a lot of assumptions about him, but I think it's just, it's really hard. Suicide is hard. Mental health is, uh, taking care of your mental health is really a lot of work. And um, I would just say that if you know somebody who struggles with suicidal depression or if you are a person who struggles, struggles with suicidal depression, um, know that it takes a lot of work to want to stay alive. And so you should like give them a caduce for it, you know, not for not like, hey, thanks for not killing yourself, <laughs> but like, <laughs> thanks for being here. Your existence matters, you know, stuff like that. Um. Now, the Morgan situation, <laughs> you guys, I don't know what is going on. Have they fucked? Have they not? I don't know. Okay. Like I mentioned before with Tom uh, Hamlet is I think that she likes to live in the place where she is with Morgan, where you are when you're like 15 years old and you have a crush and you haven't moved on it yet. Like when you're first going on dates with people and the, like the chemistry is amazing, but like you haven't actually physically done anything. And each time they're like hand brushes against yours, it's like the horniest you've ever been. I think that's where Kyle is with Morgan. And I think that she wants to stay there. And it's possible that it's gone more than that now that they're, you know, going through the separation. Um, On this episode, oh, Anne-Marie, she has an obsession with Sutton's throat. And she's annoying and she's a flop and I don't want to see her again. That's all I have to say about Amory. Okay. Let go. Let the mouse go. Let the throat go. Okay. Call it a day. Um, That's it for this episode. I am going to binge traitors this week and um, I'm trying to see when the next episode comes out, like the next bunch of episodes. I guess they are probably going to come out next Saturday. What was today? I think it came out on the 12th, right? So, okay. So they'll be out probably next Friday. Um, I might try to get my brother to binge the three episodes because there's sports people on there and a couple of reality TV people that he's aware of. So I might try to get him to watch it and maybe recap a couple of episodes of Traitors. Um, and yeah, but thank you for being here. Thank you for listening. I appreciate you. Um, I appreciate you for being alive and I appreciate you for um, for helping me continue on this journey of wanting to stay alive. because. You, the listener, have added to it. Even though I don't depend on you, I just want you to know that you have added to my desire of wanting to continue to live. So I appreciate you for that. Um, 
like I said, I will be here later this week. Um, Have a good one. Thank you for listening. Thank you for being here. And I'll catch you on the next one. Bye.